mother always told me to be a lady, and for her, that meant be your own person. Be independent. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. A woman everyone should look up to. A hero. A strong, independent, intelligent person. A powerful woman who did not allow anyone or anything to stand in the way of her goals. She served on the Supreme Court for 13 years, and in her time with us, she accomplished so much and became an inspiration to so many people. A hero lost to the greater unknown. Sadly, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away at the age of 87 to pancreatic cancer. In honor of a personal inspiration of mine, a hero to many, this episode is focusing solely on Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her many accomplishments from her very prosperous life. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, also known as RBG, was born on March 15, 1933 in Brooklyn, New York. At the time of RBG's birth, New York was in recovery mode as it came back from the Great Depression and all of its many consequences. However sad of a time it may have been, New York pretty much looked the same. The streets were crowded with cars, taxis, trucks, and bikes. Each driver was seemingly more angry than the last, and underfoot you could still feel the subway rocketing to its next destination. A cough could be heard, maybe a sniffle or two as someone looks up and scans for the one with the illness. Those around them would move away a bit, a side effect of the flu pandemic of 1918. Don't worry, the fear would fade off over the years as the city came back to life. Ruth's father was a furrier, or someone who prepared deals at the height of the Depression. Her mother was a worker in a garment factory. Ruth had a love for her mother that was unmatched. Her mother became an inspiration to RBG, instilling ideals of education and independence in a young Ruth's mind. Her mother influenced a lot of the way she lived. Sadly, though, her mother passed away from cancer the day before Ruth's graduation from high school. At first, Ruth's passion for education was demonstrated through her love of her brother. Allowing his education to come before hers, Ruth gave up any financing that would have gone to her education for her brother's. While enrolled at James Madison High School, Ruth excelled. Her success continued on while she was enrolled at Cornell University, where she graduated top of her class in the year 1954. After graduating that same year, Ruth Bader became Ruth Bader Ginsburg after marrying her husband Martin. Martin had been a first-year law student when the two met. Ruth put her education on hold after marrying and graduating in order to start a family. Ruth had her first child in 1955. Shortly thereafter, her husband was drafted into the military for two years of service, and with that, the sound of children at play running about the house giggling slowly transitioned into the sound of thousands of men marching to the beat of a drum. After her husband returned from his service, Ruth had neither a downfall in struggle nor a setback. Rather, she prevailed. Then, in 1956, came the news of her husband's diagnosis, testicular cancer. At the time, Ruth was entering her first year of law school, and during this time, Ruth Bader Ginsburg maintained her husband's studies all while overseeing her own, managing to stay at the top of her own class. While enrolled at Harvard, Bader Ginsburg experienced the difficulties of motherhood and a primarily male-dominated school. 
At Harvard, she was one of nine females in a class made up of 500 students. While in attendance at Harvard, Bader Ginsburg experienced a large amount of discrimination based on her gender. Men criticized her for having taken a man's spot at Harvard Law. Nevertheless, she persisted and went on to serve as the first female member of the Harvard Law Review. Ruth's husband recovered from his cancer, graduated the Harvard Law program, and moved to New York, having accepted a position at a law firm there. At the time, Ruth still had more than one year left in her program. Following her husband, she transferred to Columbia University, where she served on Columbia's Law Review as well, and she graduated first in her class in 1959. With an exceptional academic record, Ruth entered the world of the workplace. And even though she had amounted an extraordinary amount of success, she was still on the receiving end of gender-based discrimination inflicted on women in the workforce in the 1960s. She had an extremely difficult time finding a job until one of her Columbia professors explicitly refused to recommend any other graduate before U.S. District Judge Edmund L. Palmieri hired Ginsburg as a clerk. After working under Judge Palmieri, Ginsburg was offered several jobs at law firms. However, each offer included a salary that was substantially lower than her male counterparts. Rather than accepting any of these positions, she instead took time to pursue her other passion, civil procedure. She chose to join the Columbia Project on International Civil Procedure. This project immersed her in Swedish culture, where she lived abroad to do research for her book on Swedish civil procedure practices. While living in Sweden, Ruth enjoyed the everyday pleasantries the country had to offer. The streets were quiet, not nearly as packed tight as New York. Walking on the path next to the road, the bus would pass. Above, telephone wires crisscrossed in an intricate pattern as the ropes lined with colorful flags would sway one notch below on the pole. As the traffic light clicked, crowds would cross the street as someone on the corner would yell out, preaching about the ever-growing idealism of political radicalism spreading through the country. After her return to the U.S., Ruth accepted a position as a professor at Rutgers University Law School in 1963. She held this position until she accepted an offer to teach at Columbia in 1972. There, she became the first female professor at Columbia to earn tenure, which, for those of us unfamiliar with teacher lingo, tenure is guaranteed permanent employment, especially as a teacher or professor, after a probationary period. Ginsburg also directed a huge women's rights project of the American Civil Liberties Union during the 70s. In that position, she fought against gender discrimination and successfully argued six massive cases before the U.S. Supreme Court. Contrary to popular belief, sex discrimination did not just apply to female victims. Bader Ginsburg also fought for the male victims as well. The issue of gender-based discrimination was so severe that RBG went so far as to hide her pregnancy from her male colleagues. In 1980, she accepted Jimmy Carter's appointment to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia. She served on this court for 13 years until 1993 when Bill Clinton appointed her to the Supreme Court of the United States. Article 2, Section 2 of the United States Constitution empowers the president to select a nominee to fill a vacancy on the Supreme Court of the United States. This responsibility is one of the most significant duties assigned to the president by the Constitution. A Supreme Court justice has life tenure, unlike the president. And along with his or her colleagues, decides the most significant questions of our time and shapes 
the continuing contours of our liberty. I care a lot about this responsibility, not only because I am a lawyer, but because I used to teach constitutional law and I serve my state as attorney general. I know well how the Supreme Court affects the lives of all Americans personally and deeply. I know clearly that a Supreme Court justice should have the heart and spirit, the talent and discipline, the knowledge, common sense and wisdom to translate the hopes of the American people as presented in the cases before it into an enduring body of constitutional law. Constitutional law that will preserve our most cherished values that are enshrined in that constitution and at the same time, enable the American people to move forward. That is what I promised the American people and the justice when I ran for president. And I believe it is a promise that I am delivering on today. After careful reflection, I am proud to nominate for Associate Justice of the Supreme Court, Judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg of the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia. In 1996, she wrote a majority opinion in the United States versus Virginia case. In it, she held the position that qualified women could not be denied admission to Virginia Military Institute. In advocating from the bench, she matched her style from her time at the ACLU, slow and steady but calculated, rather than creating sweeping limitations on gender discriminations, completely eliminating and stirring up drama surrounding it. She attacked specific areas of discrimination and violations of women's rights one at a time. With this, she sent a message to legislators on what their limitations were. Throughout her time, she had many marvelous quotes that really demonstrate the type of woman she was. And I want to share a few with you today. First off, I have a clip from the PBS news show News Hour from their share segment. In this clip, RBG is speaking at Georgetown University rather candidly about conversations and limitations she has either had or forgone throughout her career. People ask me sometimes, when, when do you think it will be enough? When will, it, will there be enough women on the court? And my answer is, when there are nine. That quote there when she says, when there are nine, is a huge deal to a lot of women out there. Oftentimes, it can be a small, comically relieving comment made in the midst of our political world. However, to hear her say that her answer to the question, when will there be enough women representation on the court, is when there are nine judges? That's a power move. And when asked about this quote, <laughs> she said, people are shocked, but there's been nine men. There never seems to be any question raised about that. And you know, a lot of the time, Ruth can be seen making these huge, powerful statements. And however widely criticized or disagreed with they can be, which they often weren't, she always said them with confidence. A lot like our next clip here from CNN. In this compilation of lines from various speeches throughout her career, one of them in particular stands out from the crowd. Give it a listen. In my lifetime, I expect to see three, four, perhaps even more women on the high court bench 
women not shaped from the same mold, but of different complexions. In that clip there, RBG is bringing power to women in an all-new fashion. Bringing it back to our first episode here, we talked about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and how she was not one to discredit her male counterparts by bringing women up. And that's exactly what Ruth Bader Ginsburg did. She doesn't say men suck, women are superior. Rather, she encouraged women and men to be better than they are currently. We can always strive to do good, to be better. And a lot of what RBG stood for falls into line with that ideology that we can be better. Throughout Bader Ginsburg's career, she became a renowned hero that many girls started to look up to. Not just girls like me, who are 16, who are worried about whether or not they're going to get their license soon. No, it's, it's also women who are wondering if they're going to get that position that they've strived for, worked for. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was not just an advocate for one type of woman either. She was one for men and women everywhere. She was a gem, an absolute diamond in the rough. And on September 18th, we learned of the tragic death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She passed away of pancreatic cancer, a battle she'd been fighting for multiple years. After her passing, President Trump and Democratic nominee Joe Biden spoke out about the loss shortly after the news broke. Both gave brief speeches about RBG. Notably, Joe Biden spoke on the relationship he had had with RBG in her time with us here. He says, it's hard to believe, but it was my honor to preside over her confirmation hearing. I got to meet her at the time and her accession to the Supreme Court. In the decades since, she has been absolutely consistent and reliable and a voice for freedom and opportunity for everyone. After the words given by the President, Joe Biden, and many other influential people in entertainment, government, and within the working class, mourning and celebration of her life began. If you have any personal stories about how Ruth Bader Ginsburg influenced your life, I want to hear about them. Why was she an inspiration to you? That will serve as our question of the day for this week's episode, and I'll share my answer with you now. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was someone that I hadn't paid much mind to when she was alive, and honestly, I regret doing so. And it wasn't like I didn't know who she was or what she stood for. No, it's just that I never really took time out of my day to, to really acknowledge all she had done for me. Of course, nothing personal, right? She didn't reach out and say, Kendall, I hope that you get accepted into your choice school. Kendall, I'm going to do this one specific thing for you. No, it wasn't like that. It was her work and all she did for women's rights made it possible for you and me to work and become members of our community in the workforce. It made it possible for me to have a podcast like this that I can share these stories of these influential women with you. It made it possible for my mom to keep moving up as a teacher and it made it possible for my sister to one day become who God knows the president or something. Her work is so influential on everyday rights of women and I really wish that I did take the time out of my day to be thankful for all she did. And as I end off today's episode, I want you guys to take a moment and read about all that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has done for women in this country. And you know what? You might be surprised. You, you just might. Because that woman did so much. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a hero, an inspiration, and an igniter of hope for all this country and the women within it can be. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Girl Talk. I've been your host, Kendall Frobig with 91.3 WHJE. I will see you guys next week. Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, Ruth 
Bader Ginsburg.